Uh, hey, what's up, listeners and watchers of Insiders of Omaha Podcast? Here you go, Tyson Compton with you, bringing you another stellar conversation with a client of mine, past client of mine, bought a house a few years ago, a beautiful family. His name is Charlie Cuddy, and he is bringing light and revolutionizing Omaha space and the tech startup uh, with Move Capital. And they do an exceptional job of bringing life to ideas of local Nebraskans trying to get in the tech space and providing education and uh, awareness, as well as building out a pathway for success. I can't wait for you to check out this podcast. Just know that this whole podcast is funded by myself and my partner, Christian uh, Morrison, and we just want to bring you guys great value, great conversations to help you learn, understand, and know what's going on in Omaha and who's doing all the work. Thank you so much for checking in. Please like and subscribe on the button below, and we look forward to your feedback on this podcast and many more to come. Have a great day, guys. So you just came for a big meeting this morning. Yep. What was that? Was that, was that work-related? Yeah, so, I mean, we do a couple things yeah. uh, in the community that are kind of cool. So on Thursday mornings, we do an event called uh, Startup Stand-Up. Okay. So one of the things that we've seen in you know, starting a company is really kind of lonely, uh-huh. not really know what questions to ask, especially if you're by yourself or maybe you have two people. Um, and so started doing a startup standup where it's just a Zoom, just like you would in a normal yeah. large company or startup uh-huh. um, where you can go through and kind of say what you're working on, what you're struggling with, see if okay. anyone in the group has any ways to kind of break through. And so we had people from- Like Startup Anonymous, like Startups Anonymous. Hey, I'm here, I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> and I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like can, how how yeah. can you help me? Yeah. But it's just great. We had, you know, a handful from Omaha, uh, some from Lincoln, some from Aurora, Nebraska. Nice. Uh, able to just kind of get together quick for. Sweet. Uh, did space. you get that idea locally or organically, or did you see some other people across the country doing that? Or it's one thing that kind of just came to us as nice. we're kind of finding gaps in right. the ecosystem and uh-huh. figuring out ways we can build community. Well, it probably also opens up opportunities for you guys where maybe you guys just step in with your seed capital or mm-hmm. pre-seed capital. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. So we have, we have two things going on. I started okay. in January. So we have, cause we're at a year, we're at a year, man. I know. It's I know. I texted insane. you congratulations <laughs> about a year ago or a little, you know, about 11 months ago. I saw you guys at the commons. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to get down there for that. Couldn't get down yeah. there. I was like, Hey, congratulations on the new venture. Um, and now we have that it's and then this. So we yeah. have two buckets. So I have a, yeah, we, we launched a venture capital fund. Yep. So imagine managing partner of a pre-seed fund mm-hmm. where we actually do capital into yeah. startups. Yeah. But I also launched a nonprofit in parallel called the Nebraska startup Academy. Okay. Yes. To provide mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. community kind of engagement, but also just some curriculum. A lot of the stuff yes. startups read about online is really coastal focused and it's very, very. different to build a company in the Midwest. What So talk about that maybe. And, you know, a lot of our news on the larger scale of economics comes from coasts or maybe our bigger business hubs. And now we're here in the Midwest where it's a, it's a little bit more of a nuanced comparatively. Mm-hmm. What is the difference in that? I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that really kind of stand out. I mean, just that we never really like to sit here and talk cost of living when we're talking startups, but it's so true in terms of like what you need to, to raise, to get started. Ah. So you know, you, you read on Crunchbase, oh, I need to raise 1.5 million before I can even start. And then you're like, here in Nebraska, you can go pretty far with like 100K. Wow, or, interesting. You know, 250K because you know, it's not, there's a lot of places to work. Mm-hmm. There's people are willing to- oh, Open and free, open, open source spaces. Ton of spaces, yeah. Doors are, whereas I, I would imagine just contacting certain people is way easier. Yep. There's less, there's less uh, gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's interesting. And Nebraska actually has a 
it's been around for almost a decade now, but um, a prototype grant program through the Department of Economic Development is just phenomenal as well. So is that the Corn Talks program? It's a it was a program that got passed. Um, I want to say like ten or eleven years ago, but wow. it's it's specific for prototype grant development. And the state will will match funding up mm-hmm. to like about one hundred and fifty k to yes. launch a, a startup. Like not uh, a friend grants. of mine just applied for that uh, leash. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Marty. So Marty's been on before, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking, and he's a good friend of mine, neighbor. Um, but he's talked a little bit, so he kind of uh, help. We have some interest in this podcast, I'm sure. Marty, if you're listening, uh, we love you. Um, but uh, so that's super cool. Um, I feel like this space is still largely unknown in not only Omaha, but Omaha's way more advanced than like let's say Kearney or you know Scotts Bluff. But just in the Midwest, you're just not. We're we're used to brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. We're used to ag, education, healthcare, uh, maybe throwing in some financial sector stuff. But I mean, Omaha in the Midwest has really grown on the digital and tech space. No, yeah, it uh, it really has. And COVID kind of ended up being a little bit of an accelerant there. Okay, yeah, um, a little incubator almost, like for eighteen months. Well, and it was you know people in Silicon Valley who were investing in the space would basically never have to leave their neighborhood. So if you wanted to talk to them, you had to move out there or you had to go have those conversations. I mean, the accelerator I was working at, um, when they would launch, they would have, you know, a 16 week program. And if you weren't living in Silicon Valley, you had to fly out every week to do their weekly event. Mm -hmm. Well, and then once, you know, COVID happened, they decided, Hey, we'll, we'll do some of these remote let's see how it works. And they were able to figure out, Hey, a lot more people are able to participate. Things are actually happening. That you know, man able to tap awesome. in there. So the only thing that comes to mind, like I'm thinking about uh, social network, and I just remember Zuckerberg moving out to uh, Silicon Valley and Palo Alto in this janky old ranch with everybody just coding all night long. And then I'm like, and they're they're like team meeting was you know wrecking the chimney off into the pool. <laughs> but I don't think that's necessarily what we're talking about here, folks. So bear with us. But uh, on the professional side, there's a lot of one barrier's been broken down, um, stereotypes being broken of what's going on, and hyper. I mean, I mean, people that are born, raised, and 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 growing here that are really leading the charge in this, and you guys being one with uh, move. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about where you saw the opportunity for for in, you know inserting yourself into this in the market there. Yeah. So, so we play really early in the space. We're talking like we make investments. People have like a paying customer yes. or two. Um, Rich uncle. Yep. You know, mom and dad, <clears throat> buddy. Yep. He's going to take exactly a flyer. Right. Yeah. And so one of the big gaps that we saw is not everybody has a rich uncle yeah. or a buddy, but they have great ideas and they have talents that they. Yeah. Um, so Nebraska historically is, we have great performance from like our seed stage mm-hmm. in A. So like the Nebraska Angels have been instrumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, corporations like Nelnet have done mm-hmm. a great job. Invest Nebraska has kind of been above and beyond mm-hmm. as a state run, uh, investment fund. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in those stages, the way that we historically de-risk anything kind of in the Midwest as a risk adverse kind of mindset mm-hmm. is show me the traction. So yeah. Proof of concept. Where's it? Yeah. At? Which is, which is great. Once those companies can hit, you know, $5,000 a month in revenue, mm-hmm. they've built this on a solid foundation mm-hmm. and we like it, but there's a huge gap before that mm-hmm. where, some great ideas, maybe without a little bit of risk capital yeah. that could really kind of push them to the next stage. So that's, they need that's some the of gap. that juice behind them. Yeah. And I think about how many people, 
if they didn't know about something like this, never even get off the ground. It just never leaves a living room, mm -hmm. never leaves an entertainment, never leaves a bar top, whatever. Interesting. So you guys, and, and now let's back up again. I'm sure you've been on other podcasts, but you know, one thing that's beautiful about the atmosphere right now in the stage is we're hosting, I'm hosting a podcast where I get to have past clients or current clients come on because I meet such interesting people in real estate and I love their story and Charlie is no different. Um, and Charlie used to be a school teacher. Yeah. I mean, not that long ago. Like we're talking about five years. Yeah. Five, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So the accelerant here, you were teaching high school math yep. to, you know, yeah, juniors in high, juniors school, in high, in high school. school. And now you are a VC, um, uh, co-founder for helping Nebraska's digital landscape grow like crazy. Yeah. So talk me through who that Charlie was and who this Charlie is. Cause they're <laughs> not the same, right? I mean, it's definitely growth. Yeah. There's, there's been pieces. I mean, there's so many, so many things that you learn in a classroom that can be applied, which yeah. I think actually helped more than I would have thought. I, I talk to my partner often, like, man, if I would have gotten into this a decade ago, yeah. where would we be? And we kind of always fall back on like, I don't know the things that you learn in a classroom yeah. from just communicating with people, right. picking up on like little nuances that are important and distinguishing, like, is this deal going to work? Is this right. a good team? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big thing I, I was at Bryan high school yeah. and at the time we didn't have any kind of computer program courses. I was, I was teaching some like higher level math classes and I was teaching some remedial, like let's get the senior graduated okay. math classes. Yes. So I'm in those classes where, you know, 99% of the kids aren't planning on going to college. Yeah. I asked myself, like, what is the point of teaching like polynomial division here? It's like this. <laughs> I repeat, <laughs> what is the point of teaching polynomial division? And the reason why the point is I can barely pronounce it. And there's not much point for most people. Yeah. It was just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So like we're just filling check boxes. Yeah. And so that's, I kind of started to explore and this is kind of where the entrepreneurial bug kind of kicked yeah. in a little bit was like, what skills could these could these kids learn? Like I'm seeing a ton of talent. Yes. Like what, what could we teach? And We're so not striking the right match. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I, I got a permission from my principal to kind of explore some, Hey, if you can get kids to show up for this class, like that was truancy was obviously a huge piece of it. Wow. Okay. Uh, if you can, um, uh, teach them something awesome and they get their math credit, like let's try it. And That's so awesome. what an open mind from a principal, especially in a public school setting, like kind of, that's an anomaly. It, he, it was awesome yeah, yeah. to get a, to get a chance to do that. And can we drop his name to say thank you? It, yeah. Robert Aranda. He's okay. over in the West side uh, district now. Okay. But he's, yeah. yeah. He was awesome. That's awesome. And so I, I kind of just f was floating around town of like, what, what are gaps? And one of the biggest gaps I kept hearing was like, we need more tech talent. I was like, well, we don't even have at the time, like tech. It's not even be brought out of school classes. How do you or, foster it? Yeah. yeah. Cultivate nothing. Yeah. So I got really plugged into the ecosystem, like the tech ecosystem. I started attending two, three meetups a week, you know, cool. and, and learning from the people and hearing gaps. And so I ended up teaching myself kind of a enough code to be, to Dang. be dangerous. And well, you said, I remember you saying you were going online, mm -hmm. taking some next to free online coding classes as a professional, gaining some skills and some basic certifications that made you literally, uh, employable outside of the education sector. That was, yeah. That, this is on your own time. Yep. Yeah. And awesome. I got my master's in curriculum development. So I ended up building out a, a program. Okay. I mapped it to a book, a class that was on the books from the eighties that wasn't being taught. That was a math credit that had all of the standards that aligned with Sweet. programming. Wow. So I got the, so we 
essentially in the classroom, we were teaching like agile methodologies. So kids could get a math credit, but they could graduate it with like a um, project manager right. uh, certificate. Okay. We'd teach entry level, like JavaScript, Ruby on okay. rails to, yeah. to get like entry level jobs there. And then we ran the whole classroom. Like it was a, like it was a startup. So, so just for people's analogy, what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, this would be equivalent to when a, um, a geometry teacher and a, and a woods class joins up and now they're teaching math and geometry and woods and they're building a house. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. was, yeah. It was okay. a lot of app application stuff. Yeah. It was, and it, it was really successful the first year we ended yeah. up, everyone graduated, which was awesome. Um, cool. and enough people were interested in it that we were getting kids that how do I be in this class without having to like be failing a bunch of my classes. So yeah. we, we're able to launch it. We kind of we we partnered with um, Dr. Love and Dr. Winter from UNO, and it uh, it was just an awesome program. It, they got to learn how to three D print, three D design um, within there. Uh -huh. But I started bringing in more people from outside in the yes. in the tech world to kind of see what we were doing and and to get feedback on. Hey, these are the kids that are graduating. They're maybe not going to college, but they, they have skills. Look what they learned in yeah. you know two days a week. And when was the time? Well, first of all, let's let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, Charlie, this is something that I think has over glossed over the connections you were making between applicability and education and the the, the, the rigors of just a structure necessary to quote you know check a box. It's pretty incredible because now you're making kids. They became more inquisitive. It's 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 your classic case of the kid who's the troublemaker and class clown, and you take him outside the outside the classroom and put him in on a nature walk, and now he's leading the class, right? And this is this is a fundamental problem at, at times in the current education system that you were able to be like, let's just turn this on his head, right? And it could have been a career in itself. Like you could have went this way and say, let's go to other school systems and create the same thing. Yeah. And now we're here. You, so you, how many years ago did you leave to go start working remotely for out West? Well, so I made it every summer. I would always work. I would always yep. reach around town and ask, Hey, anybody looking for like a adult intern? And so <laughs> like I, the I, movie intern. <laughs> I had the chance to shadow some, some awesome, uh, like C-suite at like PayPal, but then also in startups, mm -hmm. um, work at different like dev shops and those types of yeah. things. Well, one of the dev shops that I was um, spent some time with in the summer, they're like, Hey, you're at every meetup. Like we see you yeah. constantly. We sponsor these. Would you, could we like give you a couple dollars and you could come on part time and you post photos from our account and organize this. And so I was like, you know, this was while I was still teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that, you know, four or five nights a week. Yeah. And Jenny was, Jenny was pleased. Just, yeah. She loved great. it. They've and got she was, six kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was super, uh, supportive of that, but uh, there was one day that I was at, the, at one of these meetups mm. and I was essentially delivering pizza, taking photos and just like taking notes on what I needed to go study. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the CEOs that I was sitting by, I was like, Hey, can I ask you a problem or ask you a question about this problem? Cause I was, mm -hmm. I was coding alongside the kids trying to build out just different applications. And he was, he was like, wait, you've, you've developed this whole app while I'm having you like deliver pizzas. He's like, why aren't you coding for us? <laughs> And so I was like, it's like, well, I'm looking for a summer job. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm looking for some part-time work. Yeah. So I ended up I'm delivering pizzas. Yeah. So that's part, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I came on kind of as a junior developer for them mm -hmm. during the summer and, and they ended up getting acquired by a, a cloud company, Ops Compass, who the, the co-founders of that are my, my current uh, partners now, but they, Manny at the time, he was CEO. He basically challenged, he's like, Hey, if you can get certified in a cloud 
Azure, AWS, Google get certified this summer, we could have a discussion about if you want to have a full-time job and transition out of the classroom. So I spent that summer and studied and I got certified in all three of them. And so he was like, all right, let's yeah. talk about this. And so then I sat down with Jenny and was like, Hey, this, this is real interesting opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended up spending a couple of years, uh, as a cloud engineer with those guys. So going on the other side, this, this mental, this psyche side, you were doing this outside of school. You've got a full-time job as a dad and, and a husband over a larger family. Uh, and I've got to imagine what was the change or did it, did it ever come up that your wife, Jenny was seeing you and just like seeing kind of some, this like this, this reassurgence of this vigor for passion for learning and curiosity and education and getting redirected. What was that like? Well, that I, I it was, I mean, I'm always really curious. Yes. Always, and that was ultimately like, I loved teaching. I, uh -huh. lo I was coaching too at the time. Yeah. So like that was a huge time commitment, but also yeah. like, just awesome to be able to work that closely with like a, a core group of kids for yes. four years. Yeah. Um, I still keep in contact with yeah. a good chunk of them, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a point where it's like, I don't know if I can do 30 years of like quadratic formula over and over. Like <laughs> yeah. I love the relationships of working with the kids, uh -huh. but like the challenge of there's only so many ways you can get creative about yeah. how to, how to do that. Well, formula. it's the same stuff every year. Yeah. And four or five times a day. Yeah. Every, and so like, that, those were the parts where I was starting to kind of get a little bit on the burnt out of the teaching side that yeah. I was getting excited about right. startups, about learning a new, you know, what's mm -hmm. this whole cloud thing all about? How do I, For how sure. do I engage there? So you, <clears throat> you recognize that, Hey, it's not a knock on the teacher's profession or teaching. It was only the fact that you were outgrowing the capacity, which it was, which was operating. You're like, Hey, I'm ready for some new challenges. And uh, short of me going to be a college professor or taking on some more AP courses as an instructor, this really isn't going to change. Yeah. But what you did recognize was I am seeing a massive passion that can still continue in teaching and educating in a space that's always evolving with just tech. Yep. And that was the co exact conversation was tech's always evolving. The cloud's always evolving. Yeah. If you can learn enough, like take the skills and be able to teach in different mm. capacities. Yes. Um, we still do a lot of work. I mean, I'm heading over to Marion high school to yeah. talk about what entrepreneurship looks there. We've, yeah. we've worked with West side and had them out at some events. And so Sweet. like just figuring out ways to stay engaged there. Cause it's still a huge passion. Yeah. And it looks like you, I mean, obviously with the, with the nonprofit, you, you, I mean, giving back to that community, the 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 young learner is a mm -hmm. passion in itself too. I mean, yeah. that's something you really enjoy. And the thing that's so interesting, so we launched our we launched an online platform for the Nebraska Startup Academy. So yeah. Nebraska Startup Academy has a handful of things that we kind of do, but one of the pillars is this online platform that we just launched like four or five weeks ago. We already have a 150 founders from Nebraska on. Wow. There's uh, 16 different counties from across the state that are represented. And we have like a core curriculum of here's some things to consider what, you know, I, I said it in the classroom and I say it now, like you don't know what you don't know. hundred percent. And yeah. so if you can just help kind of, Hey, don't spend a lot of time on this, but know that this is going to potentially be a roadblock just yeah. so that when it, it happens, you're kind of prepped. So definitely spreading like prairie fire, mm -hmm. <laughs> no pun intended there. Uh, but, uh, that's awesome. So you're seeing a huge engagement and that I feel like that is almost a hockey stick effect that you're at 150, but you're going to be at 500 like that. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, just in a blink of an eye. The thing that most people don't recognize, like we've, we've had, we're closing in on our 300th meeting with Nebraska founders this year. Wow. Like I just think at the beginning of this all, if you would have asked the general person, like how many startups do you think there are in Nebraska? Um, 
I don't think that that number would have been I anywhere mean, near there. Oh, start uh, 50, 150 yeah. ish. Yeah. You're double that. Yeah. And yeah. that's how many, and I'm not naive enough to yeah. think that we've talked to even the majority of them. So, right. you know, there's a lot Gosh. of people building a lot of really cool stuff. But one thing that really caught my attention on the platform is the average age of people signing up for the platform, like the, the, the grouping that's the highest is like 35 to 44. And then the next is like the, 18 to 25. Interesting. And you, uh, did you have a, an inkling what that dynamic would look like before? Or just like, we'll see what happens. It, it was mainly a, let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's put it out. There. I thought it might skew. One thing that I noticed different here in Silicon Valley is like here, uh, or, or out there, like 22, 23, 24 year olds are all still very much young up all, you know, up coding, like the yeah. you mentioned earlier, yeah. like sitting in the garage yeah. type thing. Yeah. And, you talk to a lot of 24 year olds around here and they're kind of thinking about like, what's my career? Like, oh, am I getting too old to get, I need to get married soon. Ah, like, and so yeah. like milestone base versus yeah. just like in it. Well, and the responsibilities all shift. It feels like almost a decade younger here. Yeah. So like part of the hypothesis I have of why it's skewing older on this side is that a lot of the people that are in the program have kids that are old enough now mm -hmm. that they can refocus on yes. a career that they totally. didn't do when they were 18 or 19 or 20, like we sometimes see in the yeah. Bay Area. Wow. So um, tell me something. What's a, what's a, what's a project? Well, let me back up. We're being in real estate, knowing about it somewhat uh, about investment, commercial investment, real estate investment, the runway before profitability, I, from my understanding in tech versus uh, like, a more of a solid based asset, very different in terms of yeah. profitability. Can you talk a little about that? I heard you on this one podcast. I think it was the 10 podcast. You mentioned, we want more people to fail. Mm -hmm. Now I have an idea what that means. And that is, and that's a good thing for those, but I think I would really like to hear you kind of talk about that. And then also, um, this isn't for the faint heart. Mm -hmm. This is something that you, you know, go through some of that. A little yeah. Bit. Well, and like the mindset shift. So to run a venture capital fund, we have, to get investors that believe in our vision yes. and that believe that we'll return their capital to them. Yeah. Uh, we gotta be profitable, know. right? We gotta win. Yeah. yeah. If we don't got... win, we don't get money. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're very capitalistic. I mean, we want to help everybody, but okay. we're very, like, but we can't our whole help goal yeah, yeah, is yeah. to return money to the yeah. investors that believe yeah. in. That's the... how this keeps going, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we can't get bigger. And so that mindset shift is a hard one because to your point, like, you know, real estate and you, you a lot of people have been very successful with Warren Buffett's kind of model. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, startups are a totally different, totally different not kind of, uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a way to, you know, we always kind of help people and it's, you diversify your investment portfolio mm -hmm. with startups, like the outsized returns mm -hmm. could be monumental, but it should be a small percent of your portfolio that, right. of how you're going to think about investing mm -hmm. because 75, 80, 90% of them aren't going to work. Right. Would you equate, this is not, I've not heard this right. I mean, somewhat almost like taking a flyer on some paint stocks and seeing what happens for some people. It, I mean, it's definitely about a, it's a, it's about an appetite. What's your appetite for investing? It says it for everybody. Everybody's at different stages in their investment career or just beginning, um, you know, asset class wise, if you're investing in real estate, depending on the class, you really know what's going to happen if you do these mm -hmm. things. I think there's some little more, it's a little more nebulous, a little more like yeah. uh, less tangible on the tech yeah. side. There, there, there are pieces of it, but there's also, I mean, just like anything yeah. that you're investing in, there's specific things we look for that tip us off that like, maybe this is trending in a direction. And, uh, and there's just, the part that's tough is there's a lot of variables yeah. and then they all get weighed 
you know, differently in different situations. But the piece that, you know, we always kind of, you could one, you know, 100 K investment, you can only lose a hundred K of it. Yeah. Right. But the outsized returns, like the guy I was working for in Silicon Valley, uh, Jason Calcanis, he, he put a, 25k check into uber when it was worth five million dollars like it's a a life-changing you know when you hit over 50 for 47 billion or whatever it's a life-changing multiple on that you get up and feel different the next day that 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 happens right like that's a different kind of money for those folks and if any of you folks that are billionaires would like to come on our podcast please don't hesitate my my my, my contact information is below and if any of you want to invest in any of these uh you know any of these early onset investments that charlie's talking about i'm sure he'll gladly take a phone call or meeting yeah yeah always willing to talk about what we're doing yeah that's awesome and so that's i mean that that is it there's a definite risk profile, but that's the kind of piece that we're looking at. But, you know, we look at, we kind of think of it as in de-risking piece as well of, we uh, de-risk by diversifying across a lot of investments. Right. Um, When, you know, we're going to make 65 investments over a three year period. Yeah. And the first year, how many of you already put in? So we've done 16 so far this year. It's awesome. Over one a month. That's incredible. It's been, it's been awesome. And you guys had a really quick uptake within the first like 30 to 60 days. Yeah. We, people that really, one thing we, we wanted to make sure we did different here. Like people like worry how to phrase this without, I I don't mean it uh, poorly, but no, yeah, it's, we talk about a lot of the issues that we have here. Yeah. And then we like have a lot of meetings about how we could fix the issues that we have here. They deliver. And then we have, time. yes. Yeah. There's a lot of deliberation. And so like our main thing is we said, Hey, if we're going to do this, we want to launch January 1st and we want to have an investment in January. Like we, we need, this is real yeah, sure. right out of the gate. Yes. And, and then we need to make sure we keep that momentum through the next, you know, three to five years. Are you guys, how much does analytics play in all this? Like, for example, on the investment side, hey, we have to analyze 10 different startups. We know it's going to take 10 um, slide decks before we see one we invest in. Is it like that? I, yes and no. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like. No, every 10. Is, but, yeah, this is but a great one. But, but on yeah, average. essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, as small, I mean, if you think about it, we're closing in on 300. Yeah. We've invested in 16. Yeah. So, so we're. It's yeah, a one in ten. Yeah, it, one in twenty. Yeah, okay. Um, so five percent, you know, yeah. uh, about. And reason why I think that's really good is because yeah, we can get people just understand it. it's it, it when it comes to growth, it is a volume game. Yeah, you would not get to sixteen unless you saw three hundred. Yeah, if you saw if you saw one hundred and fifty, he's only at eight. Right, yep. and then all of a sudden, as investors like, hey, we're we're not we don't have the traction we're looking at. Yep. I think what's really cool is that how uh, how the space is evolving, but how much better you're even getting at the craft of evaluating because yeah. of the reps. That The reps are huge. And that was one thing when I was working for Jason. So he, and that was kind of the transition I made out of the cloud. I was sitting at lunch with with John, who's my other, John Grange, my other partner, when I was working as a cloud engineer for him. And we saw on Twitter at the time, Jason put out a tweet like, hey, does anybody have a background in curriculum development with a passion for startups that wants to work directly with me to, to build out this like innovative new program. Did you say this, is a D- this was this a DM? Was That's what I, 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 I sit at lunch with John and I'm like, is he like saying this? This, to me? this is God's. And he was like, man, I don't want to lose you, but like you figure out how to apply for that. Yeah, Dude, um, really. And cool. so the program I built out for him was a program called Founder University. It was a essentially top of funnel for his accelerator. It's a 12 week yep. course yeah. to help people go from idea to 
to first customer launch, to yeah. uh, you know, a and then it funnels client. back into his VC. Yep. And this is uh, this is we're seeing we we tag technology on top of this. This formula is happening across all industries. It's happening across land acquisition, uh, asset acquisition in terms of like multifamily, commercial space. It's happening in business, um, you know, brick and mortar stuff. I mean, this is this is a model, yeah, that's being used. So, I know that when people read this as a podcast, as a tech podcast, this is a business podcast. This is a this is a business interview that he's talking about high level business stuff that can be replicated and scaled. Totally right. It's awesome. Well, and the tech piece is just. In everything, I mean, yeah. of the sixteen companies, and I, all sixteen are Nebraska companies. Yeah, that's which is that's badass. really awesome. That's and really cool. It's diverse across. Um, I mean, we have like, uh, you know, we're industry agnostic, so we'll mm-hmm. look at pretty much any kind of, so like a true tech, like what everyone's thinking of app. You know, yeah, you sell Elder trend. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Huddle. I mean, these are yeah, these all started out. Those are exactly the type but, yeah. of, of things we're looking at, but we're also looking at, you know, we made an investment into a um, laser like comp- like workstation that essentially has the ability to engrave into a microchip to improve surface area and disperse heat oh, wow. uh, being, de- yeah. you know, developed Super here in Lincoln. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we built an ag tech company that yeah. is leveraging like data from pivots and satellites to provide better information on right. how farmers should irrigate. Wow. Um, I mean, I've just the ag piece alone and the technology growth in terms of dealing with like efficiency of livestock. And um, there's a gentleman that I went to high school. His name is Lee Redden. He's out in West uh, West Coast now. He's he sold this company for multi multi millionaire a million dollars, and uh, now he's like his hobby now is racing vintage race cars, and he's 37 years old, right? Uh, but you know, these are just the, those are the success stories. But it's all about the grind work on the back end too. I mean, you're seeing what we hear about in in Forbes and and uh, these magazines is is the tip of the iceberg as a finished product. All the work support. This is all the ground. That's all the groundwork. That's all the that's all the early stages of cultivation. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? I mean, you have got to be seeing talent emerge everywhere because it's not, it's a kind of an untapped space. Yeah. Well, what, you know, what our kind of thesis on a lot of this was, you know, the, the research that we saw from invest Nebraska that really tipped us off is we kind of looked at the last billion dollars invested in Nebraska technology by stage. Uh, and there was like, <clears throat> I mean, I can get you the link to the yeah, actual sure. study, but yeah. ballpark, it was about, you know, 20 at the series B or later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you take a step back in the funnel and it was, you know, it was 50 or 60 at the series A or later, mm-hmm. take a step back and it was 150 at the seed. So you get the sense of this funnel building. Yep. And we looked at the pre-seed, the stage where we're at, and it was around like 45 or 50. Right. Now, like just the way a funnel should work, that yeah. should be at 450 or 500. And so like there was a gap there and, and granted totally understand that, you know, friends and family rounds maybe aren't reporting all of them Fair. correctly, sure, but not at a, not at a rate that would be that drastic of a difference. Or so that would deter you from doing something where there's an opportunity. Yeah. And my, both my founders are serial entrepreneurs. They've raised hundreds of millions of dollars for startups over their careers. Um, awesome. And this was a gap they've always seen. They've always, yeah. if to initially get an idea off the ground, they had to leave Nebraska to get the capital to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so from the talent perspective, it's, I mean, our hope is we can retain a lot of the the great talent here if they have no reason to go to Chicago yeah. or Kansas City or wherever. Or, or recruit in for people who want a lower cost of living 100%. and have a family life and actually be able to have a work-life balance and harmonize that. I mean, that's yep. a huge deal. So many, just 
so many people that leave that have the kids that then want to come back to yes. and have an opportunities to, yes. to build your own thing is, is one Gosh. thing we totally want to target. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what is something that you guys have made an assessment on? You're like, that's, but then getting deeper into it after launch is like, that's not the way it is at all. Actually, we had a, we had a, we had a pivot on that. It, like in terms of looking at different startups or in yeah, I think of, just in general, you know, you kind of do this venture, you know, yeah. it's kind of uh, you guys are in some uh, uncharted territory and you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be this way. And then you're like, no, but we, ha we, we missed on that. Not necessarily financially, just like, Oh, we, that was wrong thinking. I will say that like the, one of the biggest challenge or things that I thought would maybe be a little easier, especially after being in Silicon Valley was sure. just the, the kind of lack of awareness of a lot of people of how the space works. Yes. Um, you know, just, VC kind of, I think it has a, a terminology in people's minds yeah. of what it is versus yeah. what it angel really investor is. VC. Yeah. It's kind of, a, yeah, it's and, and so I think arbitrary. Just, almost. Yeah. And trying to kind of explain even the process of like how it works, how do you get money back out? How do yeah. you like in a, in a risk adverse state to mm -hmm. be able to walk into a room and say like, Hey, of the 65 companies, like we think, you know, 60%, 70% will absolutely just go to zero, you know, in the model that we kind of have. Yeah. And there's still a way that we can three X your money, you know, over the next seven to 10 years. That's awesome. And yeah. so it's like explaining, you know, the, just the kind of power law concept yeah. mm -hmm. that is like, people are talking power law at, you know, coffee in Silicon Valley. And here it's like, mm -hmm. here's the, here's the books to read. And here's the podcast to listen to, to right. get kind of a, an understanding. But I mean, the high level is, the, the, the winners, uh, provide the outsized returns to make up for all of the losers. So Cause they're investing in a book. They're not investing in an individual. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a syndication essentially. It's, it, yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Um, what has been one of your favorite parts after getting into this? What have you been really been like, gosh, I, you can, I could just talk about this part all day. I mean, I, th I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, it goes back to one, the classroom, like the, the people you mm -hmm. get to meet, I mean, getting to meet 300 people that are like super ambitious, that believe they have an idea that will change their life. The world is that's kind of even level. You're thinking up is it's gotta just, it's incredible. Blow the just, lid off your own brain. Like anything's possible. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, you know, one of the, so one of the pieces of advice that, um, Roloff, so Roloff Botha, uh, is head of Sequoia. Mm-hmm. And he was one of Jason's early bosses or yeah. Jason was a scout for him. Sequoia is here in Omaha. The Sequoia capital of like Silicon Valley. Of, okay. of, of oh, the, the big global, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, they have a global presence. Yeah. Roloff was the guy that uh, put gotcha. the first dollar into like YouTube. Okay, cool. Um, but one of his pieces of advice he would always, he, he gave, so he would come on quarterly to do uh, review startups with us yeah. when we were out there. And he would always say like, the piece of thing, advice that I always give is, ask the question, like, what if it works? He's like, no one wanted to invest in YouTube because it was impossible to think of it. And he's like, but I was like, my mindset was, what if it works? What if video could get small enough that it could be on a device? What if internet speed got fast enough that we could watch it on a computer? What if now we're watching it live? What if the computer was small enough that people could carry it everywhere? What if hey. he's like, and so you have this, what if it did work mm -hmm. mentality? And so talking to these founders, it just is, it's a great kind of hopeful time of like, how mm -hmm. everyone wants to solve big problems. Right. Uh, so that part's really awesome. Well, I think too, the synergy of future, of future pacing, the synergy of collaborating about future pacing is actually an art in itself. 
very few people that I, I would consider myself a dreamer in a sense, or a, you know, a, a visionary versus like an integrator. I'm not. A, I'm not the nuts and bolts guy. Um, but finding people that talk and have conversations about that, that have the bandwidth that can take their brain there, is not very many. Mm-hmm. Right, and so, and you've said you're you're very systems and operations oriented, mm-hmm. fair, yeah. So, like, we would have very interesting conversations, I'm sure, because you're thinking about it so different than I am. But your systems and operations can't get as good as they can without the vision. I mean, that is such a such a uh, kumbaya moment, you know, if you will. So, I think that's really important. I, I mean, you know, we talk about the idea of. Um, we are the sum of the five people we hang around with most. Mm-hmm. I mean, look about how your circles have changed. Yeah. But how, how much different your thinking is. It, it, and one of the things is we talked to startups about it and we talked about it internally as we were putting this together is putting a team together that mm. fills all of these gaps. And right. so like John, John started his first startup out of his dorm at UNO and ultimately scaled to a top five global Microsoft hosting provider out of the dorm. <laughs> like, and so he's technologically always thinking ahead. And so like, being able to really dive deep on a lot of those pieces and kind of even see steps ahead. You know, we have founders that will come and present to us and he'll challenge them on like, okay, five years from now, like, you know, how is this going to change and has some insights there. Manny, um, our other partner has been, uh, in the startup and corporate world for 40 years. Um, and you know, he's done international stuff. He's had a company that was acquired and ultimately went public. Uh, and then we have an investment team that's just incredible with a deep background on private equity, yeah. finances. Are a lot local. of your investors local too? So, um, yeah. 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 Right now they are. Our, cool. our main push in 2024 is to to get out and talk to some people outside of the and state. I love and just, the concept of investing in the Midwest. Yep. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What... You know, what do you, so that's one thing you're looking forward to is obviously growing your investor base. That means you can help more people. Yep. Right. Um, but then what is some other stuff that you're starting to really get excited about too? Maybe back on the, uh, the, the move side of things. What is, what's there you're really liking? You know, I, I mentioned our, all of our investments to date are Nebraska companies. We're going to prioritize Nebraska a lot, but there's a, it's not a Nebraska problem. No. You know, the, there's a lot of places in surrounding areas that have a similar lack of capital. Yeah. Um, just because we're catching up. Yeah. Uh, so get really excited about the idea of kind of, yeah. Nebraska is really uniquely positioned to kind of be put on the, you know, we could be an innovation center of kind of the, of the country here. I think. Well, logistic hub. Totally. I mean, we're talking about fiber optic hub. I mean, we are yep. rolling things east and west and not only are, is this a drug traffic highway from east west, uh, for, you know, whatever, but it's also information you know, system highway because we're running from east to west coast, mm-hmm. logistic hub for moving products and supplies. A lot of I mean, all this runs along the railways and the roadways. The Fortune, you know, three hundred companies that we have here, the you know, fintechs, yeah. the surtechs, the uh, I mean, we're one of the per capita, one of the highest cities uh, for for millionaires yeah. that have capital to put yeah. into these types of things if they can get educated on the side of it. So that is one thing on the academy side. We're going to start. We're going to launch in twenty twenty four angel investing education, just so that people who have found success in other ways that maybe aren't super comfortable to raise their hand and say, I don't know what this is, just making it easily available and give them easy ways to do it. Let's dive in a little bit to this. I mean, I talked to my sister the other day. She is 13 years, 14 years older than I am. I told her about chat GPT and she had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I think I'll, I'll say this bold statement here. 
if you don't, I mean, Chad, the AI world has changed the game on almost every level. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. So let's go into a little bit of your view and usage of AI and how you're using it as a tool Mm -hmm. in your world right now. Well, it's funny you bring this up. There was Tech Nebraska is a new program that just launched um, to really work, look at policy and innovation in tech. And so they had a, a conference on on Tuesday, and Google was there presenting on AI. They had a couple panels talking on AI, and you know, it's really kind of the packaging of of it. Like it's existed in yeah. some forms for sure. decades. Sure. Um, just about usability has been completely different. Yeah, and and I think the fact that it can start answering everyday questions for people yeah. makes it a lot more relatable than like yeah. automating some system that they don't necessarily yeah. care about in the same way. Yeah. Um, the creativity piece of it, I think is really interesting how it's kind of learning in that way, but it's, it's been around. It's going to continue to grow be around. Um, I think just figuring out ways for people to accept that it's there. Like I'm more hopeful about it than I am like doomsday doomsday about it. Like there's just too many good things that can happen. And like, I don't know, I'm sure people are having the same conversation about like how the automobile was going to be like the worst thing and tractors were going to end farming. And, you know, so, I mean, there it's a tool to help us progress. It's Uh, our job as the most dynamic and species living to kind of get ahead of it and not let it control us and let it, let it do the jobs. No one wants to do and Like let us, yeah. Figure out other other that things means, to do. Yeah. yeah, it'll create more opportunities. I agree. I think that's what Gary Vaynerchuk says. AI will create more opportunities than it will dissolve. I agree. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so if your investors weren't investing in fintech or tech, they were investing in business startup anyways. So mm-hmm. now they've created an entirely new sect of investment for their own to create jobs and opportunity. Man, it's crazy. I think one thing it'll do is like it'll create more like lifelong learners with like there'll always be like a need for specialists in certain things, Mm -hmm. but I just, you know, having a career that's going to be 50 years where I'm doing the same job is like, I I, I don't think that's going to be a thing for like our kids. Yeah. Um, I look at what it can just do on the, uh, on the curriculum base. If it's able to answer questions and the way we, the way we are learning the the modality, which we're learning, Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately the classroom has not changed for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to go through, I mean, if a kid had a, if a, if a, if a person had enough gumption, at age 16 would no longer need to go to high school anymore. And, could, and if they're a lifelong learner mentality and don't necessarily need the structure and they're self-paced, they don't need a high school. Mm-hmm. They don't need the physical education of a professor talking to you anymore. Yeah. And we've had discipline learning for years, but to this capacity where you are self-teaching curriculums. Well, and if you could put some guardrails in place, like, I mean, that's- Doogie Howser MD. Let's changing see curriculum come, is, right? the, is so hard because there's so much red tape. And in a space like this, it's going to be impossible because by the time it gets approved, it's outdated. I mean, it's outdated by the time you submit it for approval, let alone when it gets through the approval process. So like the, well, that, I mean, the, the yeah. turnaround process, I have to speed up immensely. Like the, the red tape for people having to, uh, it's just like the patent office. The patent office now has got to be just because of AI has got to speed up immensely. Mm-hmm. The, the legal system, uh, analyzing pro, uh, proofs, you know, law proofs. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you traveling a lot? Is it mostly out here in Omaha? A lot of, a lot of Lincoln and Omaha. Okay. We've gotten, we're in Grand Island. We, a lot of like, you know, we've made investments like five or five or six in Omaha, five or six in Lincoln. We have 
one from Oxford, Nebraska, Aurora, Nebraska, and Kearney, Nebraska. Okay. Are um, you able to talk about these or are all these private? No, yeah, we talk about any So, like, what's yeah. going on in Aurora, Nebraska? My wife's from Aurora. I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, so, John's out there. He's building a, a, a software that will help validate insurance to make healthcare providers not have to essentially send it off, wait to see if it's approved or okay. can do it kind of in real time. So okay, for healthcare side, not uh, home auto and, and, and uh, liabilities healthcare like right now, healthcare. Okay. But th that's the thing like, when you're asking about kind of how we analyze things, mm -hmm. you know, when we talk to someone like that, it's like, okay, here's the market. They're very focused on that. Yeah. They understand they could get there. They could get a share, Yeah. but then what could happen after yeah. that? Yeah. And so like seeing yeah. opportunities for, okay, if they captured a, a good chunk of this market, you What's just next? Delivered to something else. Yeah. And so like, yeah, that's one thing that got us excited about. Yeah. John building valid was, yeah. Okay. Go tackle this. And his co-founder works in the space that they're cool. going after. So knows nice. it, um, quite well. It's awesome. Yeah. What about Carney? I'm from Carney. What's going on? Carney? So Nave, uh, analytics is based out of Carney. Okay. That's the ag, um, the ag tech platform that does work with pivots and yeah. satellite to kind of provide data on how to more efficiently water your fields. I mean, obviously water is a premium and will continue to be a premium. I forget the investor or the, um, from big or the, uh, big short. Now mm -hmm. he's, he's making huge plays in water. It's one of his big things. I mean, this is a huge deal, especially with the, the, uh, the change in water restriction from Colorado mm -hmm. and not only in the river, uh, groundwater, but also, um, uh, the aquifer base. So yep. that's a huge deal is efficiency yep. of water, which is fascinating. So you talk about, Usually, if you can solve big problems, you make big money, <laughs> right? The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck, yeah. right? Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and then um, how much – so you were talking about kind of as we kind of wrap this up and we kind of – but, I mean, people are not only making, creating businesses, but they're becoming businesses, branding, you know, what is – with the use of social media tools and, you know, the variations of the of what – the different titles are so you know started with Facebook, well MySpace, Facebook, and now we've got then Instagram grows, and then we have and YouTube's continued to be a behemoth and evolve, and then we have TikTok, and like I, people are becoming their own businesses. Mm -hmm. You know how are you seeing that play in? Because if you're the business, it's hard to scale. Mm -hmm. It's hard to invest in you, an individual. It's hard to grow. I mean, not everybody's Mr. Beast, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how has that been evolving, and how you've been trying to create? Talk about that piece for people. Well, I think it's exactly what we were just talking about. Of you know, the fifty-year careers maybe gone, yeah. but everyone can. If if you have something specific that right. you can offer that's valuable to people, it they'll can, pay for it, and we'll figure out how to monetize. We can figure yeah, out how to you monetize. You can figure out, yeah. And part of it is, I mean, we talk about this all the time too. Like, you can have a phenomenal business that doesn't have to scale, that can print money, and you can have a pretty sweet life. Yeah. Um, and so, like that's one of the pieces from the education perspective yeah. that we talk to about people yep. is, you know, one of the top questions we ask founders that come, it's like, do you really want to take capital from us? Cause like, this is the path that's going to put you on. Yes. And Interesting. Because once, you know, it's your point about the profitability, mom like, pop shop versus going, going franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, if, if we, if we're on your cap table and you've taken on this, like you have different responsibilities, your milestones shift. Yes. Um, where if like, I don't know, maybe a line of credit, for some inventory gets you profitable and, and you're you, printing money and you let it and you hire someone else and you do yeah. something else or you, I mean, and, it's a 10 X. It's going to, it's, I mean, you're, you're talking about a launch pad, right? Like, yep. Hey, do you want to make $150,000 a year work for 30, 25 hours a week, mm -hmm. maybe $250,000? Or do you want to go ahead and maybe we're going to throw you in on 50 to 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, 
but we have a chance to make millions here. Yeah. Like it's just a different, it's a different mindset, more money, more questions, more opportunities, more challenges, more, I mean, there's just a lot more of everything. Jason would always say that, you know, the rocket fuel is awesome. If you're trying to go to the moon, if you're getting on your bike, it's like very dangerous. Oh, what? A, and so like, that was an analogy he would always, yes. and so like we're from the move perspective, we're really interested in, in going to the moon, you know, with the rocket <laughs> fuel. And so we're, we'll yeah, help you. We're actually planning on moving to the moon. Yeah. 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 We yeah. want to move there and we want to, <laughs> fu- we want to feel everybody's dream to go there too. Yeah. Those are, those are the companies. So you and Elon will be able to maybe have a, a telephone <laughs> between Mars and the moon. We're going to be great. Um, that's awesome. Um, well, I, gosh, Charlie, this has been so much fun. I, I think it's actually raised more questions than answers because it's such a new space for us. That's been on the podcast, but, uh, I am so happy for you, man. This yeah, is great. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate yeah. it. I no, appreciate yeah. the time. Absolutely. It's good to see you.